Welcome to the Becoming More Significant podcast. And this is all about helping you to become more visible, more credible, and ultimately more profitable by becoming more significant. And you have a smorgasbord of offerings to tap into. So over 50 wonderful podcast conversations with incredibly inspiring guests, each of whom are being truly significant in the world. And they're sharing wisdom and insights that helps them to continually have an ongoing impact in the world by being ever more significant. Then I have 10 Wisdom and Insights episodes where I have captured the golden nuggets from those conversations. And in each Wisdom and Insights episode, I share from either five or six episodes, the key learnings, the insights, and the practical actions that we can all take right now to become more significant in the world. And then my third offering is some snapshots of the learning that I have been doing over the last few years. I am a learning junkie. I'm constantly keyed into audiobooks, to podcasts, to TED Talks, to online courses, to mentoring. And I'm learning so much all the time that I'm sharing with my clients. And so I want to do that through the podcast platform as well. So I will be putting together very short, probably 15, 20 minute sessions on key learnings and again, key actions that can help us all to become more focused, tap into more of our potential and make a real and lasting difference in the world. So lots to choose from. And thank you so many of you for supporting the podcast over the last couple of years. It's been great to have you on board. And long may you continue to tap into the wisdom and gems of the Becoming More Significant podcast. Wherever you are today, I hope you're shining brightly. Have a great day. So I'm absolutely delighted to have as my guest today, the amazing, the incredible Karen Somerville. Hi, Karen, and welcome. Hi, Sylvia. Thank you so much for having me. And where are you joining us from today, Karen? So I'm in my office in uh, Bridge of Allen, which is a lovely part of central Scotland, just near Stirling, under the Wallace Monument, um, along from quite a lot of historic um, places like Stirling Castle and... and um, Camps Kenneth Abbey. So I'm yeah, I'm in quite a historic part of Scotland, which is nice, and the sun's shining today, which is lovely. Wonderful. You cannot beat the scenery in Scotland, particularly when the sun shines. I love it, and I know exactly where you are. I've been to Stirling several times, so very fond memories. Now, Karen, for the benefit of our listeners, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do? So yeah. So I am co-director or co-founder of Angel Share Glass and um, Angel Share Glass was founded by myself and my father in 2013 and we basically fell into it. Um, we have a history background in glassware, glass blowing. We've always had kind of um, contact with 
you know, business in terms of that. My dad, who is a master glassblower in Crafton and um, MDE for uh, his contribution to glass industry, he um, was retired. So when we thought up the the idea for the Angel Share, which wasn't really a business idea, it was more of just a product we thought we would um, kind of make. Um, yeah, everything just snowballed and we grew arms and legs. So we are now um, specialist glassware manufacturers. So we we manufacture um, glassware for predominantly gifting and the whiskey industry. And we, yeah, make it all here in Scotland with our glass blowers. And we've grown um, significantly in the last now eight years. So we're going into our eighth year. Um, I also have some other businesses which I run um, from that. And one of them is a whiskey festival, which again, has led me from running Angel Share into that um, side of things as well. So um, the business itself has was started off just with my dad and I, and then, yeah, we grew, we've grown quite significantly into new markets and exporting and things like that as well. So so we now have a, a bona fide brand is what we are now. So, um, so yeah, that's what we do. And um, we serve a department stores, retail outlets, visitor centres, distilleries, anywhere where gifting or um, corporate gifting is required. And, and we offer a really unique bespoke service for that with our team. And that's what we specialise in, is that, you know, it's not off the shelf, really. Mm, yeah, I love that. And there was a lovely story about why it was called Angel Share. Do you want to just share that with us? Yeah, so the angel share, for those that don't know, is the um, 2% of whiskey or spirit that's lost during maturation of Scotch whiskey. So Scotch whiskey has to be matured for um, at least three years in a barrel before it can be called Scotch. And during that time, um, some of the the spirit evaporates. But before science was all um, there and they had things to measure these um, losses, the distillers used to say that the angels came down and took their share of whiskey. So the term itself, the angel share, is now a scientific term, actually. Um, But it's a lovely story, and it's something that everyone talks about in distilling and the whiskey industry, but no one's ever seen it, and no one, you know, it's a kind of legendary myth, which is lovely. Mm. And so we thought, because of our background, my dad's background in glassmaking and distilling wear, that we were in and out of distilleries all the time, and Everyone talks about the Angel Share on a tour or, um, you know, when you went into a dunnage and saw all the casks sitting, the Angel Share was all automatically mentioned. And so that's when we decided we could make a glass angel, fill it with whiskey and then seal it so no one gets it. It's the Angel Share. So that is what we designed. And, um, yeah, we created this little icon for the Angel Share. Um which now is just yeah is just there and people love it and has so many different differential meanings for people whether it be to do with the whiskey itself or to do with angels or to do with you know memorials or um you know just capturing that and people now collect them which is phenomenal so um so this little angel started the whole thing and now we have a full range of glassware um so we found that you know um, speaking to people in the industry and stuff, there was there was um, things that we could make that would make a difference within certain markets and things like that. So we introduced new products, one being our water dropper, 
which you add water to your whiskey and and yeah that's just um in huge demand and high demand um for bars restaurants um hotels and, and gift shops and things like that as well so yeah so this little angel just started a little snowball and we just rolled with it <laughs> wow and this is in your dad's retirement Yes, so my dad was retired, completely retired. So he just helped design it, and obviously his background in the creative side and all the chemistry side, he knew how to seal. So when you think about it, you've got extremely flammable liquid and an extremely hot flame. So mm. when we seal the angels, it's extremely difficult. It's a process that there's only three of us know how to do it. So, um, so yeah, so that was the magic in it, and that obviously. Um, we do drinkable angels as well. So there are angels that we make that you can actually get in and drink the whiskey if you want. But the whole ethos was that no one gets the angel share. It's, it's the angels, no one else's. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so he, he came out of retirement to do that. Obviously, we've got other glass blowers now. We've got a team of glass blowers who make manufacture with us. And, and he kind of oversees all that. But he's definitely got a kind of mind of skill and expertise on how to do things and and you know, in glass and stuff. So he is completely um, essential to to things that we need to make, especially in the design process that we do now for customers and things. So if we get stuck, he's generally the one that comes and solves problem solves for us. So, so it's how really wonderful! Good. How wonderful to be working with your dad. Absolutely, yeah. And we're completely yin and yang as well. So, I mean, he's Mister Traditional um, Non Risk Taker. And I am totally off the wall. Let's just do it. So, <laughs> so we complement each other um, brilliantly, and yeah, um, we're, we're we're good for each other because one pushes the other, one pulls the other one back. So, um, it keeps us level, I think. And that is so important. I've just come off running a masterclass um, for people on uh, maximizing your talent, and and that was about you know delegating the tasks that take you out of flow that drain your energy and spending more time doing the work that you love that you oh. do really well because that's where you add most value but yet, yet we're brought up to be that jack of all trades and we end up spending a fraction of our time doing the work we love and way too much time doing all the admin and all the peripheral stuff so that's great that you're so opposites and have you always had that kind of gung-ho just let's go for it type attitude yes my dad will tell you that <laughs> Yes, I'm very, I don't know, I'm very tenacious, I suppose is the word. And, and if someone says I can't do something, then I will prove to them that I can. So mm. I'm very much um, of that ilk, I suppose, where I'm very determined. Um, and if something doesn't work out, you know, I'm, I'm quite quick to find another solution or jump, you know, jump around something to get to where I need to be. So, mm. yeah, quite goal driven. And um, yeah, quite tenacious, I think is the word. And, and were you like that as a child? Is this just the way you've been right through your oh, life? I don't know. You might need to interview my dad for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I've been very headstrong. I always used to get called, when I was a girl guide, I used to get called, I was always wanted to be the leader of the pack and, you know, that right. kind of stuff. So I've always been quite headstrong. 
Mm. Yeah, I was described once as a force of nature, so I don't know whether that's a compliment or not. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would say that definitely is a compliment. <laughs> so what are the skills that you bring to, to Angel Share then? You know, you've been really complimentary to your dad and his creativity and what he brings, but what are the skills that you bring to the table, Karen? Well, I suppose I bring that drive and determination to, to make the product successful. Mm. and to meet markets and to meet customers and to um yeah just show them what we can do for them um for us it's very much about what the customer needs and wants um rather than us just going oh here's a nice glass you should buy this you know it's all about what do you need us to make for you and we can make it and and so i suppose my creativity and design mixed with my dad's and mixed with the other team as well the rest of the team of course um we 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 come together and and yeah effectively give the customer what they want Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that's all you can you know to be a successful business that's what you have to do um so i yeah i'm i'm quite good at you know seeing a gap you know somewhere and and kind of let's see if we can try this and and that kind of thing so um I'm always trying to learn and understand new you know markets trends that kind of stuff so I suppose I have that a very inquisitive nosy <laughs> uh, outlook at things curiosity Karen curiosity yes. yes so I'm very curious about how things work and things like that and then I adapt that to the business if I need to so mm. yeah and come up with ideas that people go really and i'll go well can we try it and then we do try it and then it works and then so so i suppose that's what i bring i bring the my dad's certainly a you know an engine kind of thing and i would say i'm the driver yeah you look at it that way brilliant i love that and um you know jamie mcgowan you know from essence of harris and i was interviewing him last week and i was asking him the same question and what makes you successful and he said i'm curious I always want to know how things work and how can we make this better and how can we get this out to more people? He said, I'm always looking for new ways of doing things and asking questions, etc. Now, I know that, um, you know, you have managed to get this into some countries outside of Scotland. So how have you done that, Karen? Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? So, yeah, actually quite a lot of, of, of our exporting um, was word of mouth, really, initially. Um, so somebody would have bought something in Scotland and then taken it to America or Canada, um, for example, and they would show it to someone. So, so actually, in the beginning of our export journey, it was pure, you know, kind of word of mouth, chance kind of thing. And that then gave us the traction to go, actually, let's look at these markets seriously and go, OK, what can we do for those markets? What, how different is it from selling to our home market? Um, and so, yeah, we decided to go with North America and America because, one, we've not got language barriers. There's a huge amount of um, expats and um, the Scottish, um, you know, Scottish people are, are loved over there kind of thing. There's a, a huge um, appreciation for Scotland. So the fact that our products are Scottish made and, yeah, it just all tied in. And to, to get the support to export to the US was very easy, I, I felt, from, from government agencies, et cetera, to help small businesses move that way. So that's why we, we started off. And then other markets opened up just purely because we'd done that one 
step first. Mm-hmm. Um, then it became easier to go, okay, well, we, we can sell into you know America, we could do the same into Australia. And then you've still got barriers and things to work out and cultures are different and things like that. But generally that was what we followed. So very quickly um, we were able, and you know, with internet and, and Zoom and all these kind of things, the world suddenly opens up quite quickly yes. if you can get an appointment with someone that you need to speak to. And then as well, um, Russell Dalgleish, who's been a phenomenal supporter of us from the beginning, he said one thing to me once, and, and that just resonated with me, and he said, if you want to get into a country, you need to get on a plane. And I yes. said, okay. Um, so we were offered a tra- chance to go and do a trade mission to America, and so we got on a plane, and we came back, and that was phenomenal for us. That really built bridges, um, formed contracts, and, and almost working relationships now that we have in America, which is great. Mm. Um, and then obviously COVID hit, you know, just recently yeah. stuff. And that has opened up another, you know, lots of new markets to us as well that we possibly weren't looking at in any mm. shape or form. But actually, you know, you can have a meeting at nine o'clock at night, you know, with Australia or wherever and and suddenly, you know, you've built that rapport and, and people say, right, okay, let's let's do something. So yeah. Okay. So, so that's kind of how our journey went. It it's it started off organically I suppose and then now you know we do have strategies in place (laughs) yes yes so Karen I understand that you also traveled to Asia tell me a little bit about that so I didn't physically travel um, Ah. so yeah it was all done virtually which was fantastic fabulous yeah so we have we have two customers in Hong Kong we also have um, a fantastic uh, relationship with a guy in China um, and Japan, so we're kind of all over that side now, um, which is great. Australia, New Zealand, all that kind of side. And then we just did a trade mission to Dubai. So that was with Dundee Chamber of Commerce, and um, that was phenomenal as well. So, um, yeah, not quite Asia, but, um, yeah, we've done, yeah, lots of different things, which which result normally in... In someone placing an order which is the ultimate goal I suppose so um yeah so we've got quite a few um now in that side of you know the kind of globe um our Hong Kong customers are from you know phenomenal they love um and, and there's been lots of challenges and stuff as well with all that um but yeah they love our products and you know want to represent us over there and things like that so it's great and, and love that the, the the connection and the same with their our Japanese customers. Um, again, the same level of enthusiasm and excitement that we get um, pretty much everywhere, which is lovely. <laughs> must be absolutely brilliant. And you know, to have a product that you love, that you're obviously passionate about, and people all over the world are finding you and, and are passionate about it and want to almost be ambassadors for you absolutely. all over the world. That must feel fantastic. Yeah, and our ambassadors that we have, so we have two brand ambassadors in America, and they, the the reason they're brand ambassadors is because they came to visit us in Scotland when they were touring Scotland. They ended up getting engaged in Scotland, and um, we did some, we did a tour of the, the studio and everything for them. Um, they came and met us, and, and they were big whiskey fans and things like that, and now, 
they're they're our brand ambassadors in America, which is phenomenal because they just met us, love the product, love the, you know, us as a a company and and the staff and everything. And yeah, just felt like they could promote us over there. So, so it's great. Yeah. So that's all about building trust though, Karen, isn't it? As you say, they, they, you know, they had a brilliant experience. They they loved the product, but they also loved you guys. You know, if you hadn't been so accommodating and so generous with your time and everything then that may not have happened so you know that comes from you absolutely probably you your dad you know the team etc so i know that you're expanding all the time and you've got a tartan in production haven't you tell us a little bit about that so a tartan was born from an idea of people just saying well what tartan do you use in your product so we use tartan and tweeds in a lot in our staves and ribbon and things like that in our products and and people would say oh have you, have you got your own tartan and we'd go no no we just use generic tartans you know um scots tartans that are and then people would ask for specific tartan and then somebody went you know you should really have your own tartan and then mm-hmm. so that's planted a seed and yeah. obviously um i have quite good connections with networking and things and so we spoke with claire from prickly thistle who designs amazing tartans for um celebrities and and mm. businesses and corporate corporations etc so we just said you know what does it take to make a tartan you know um and we said right okay let's let's just do it <laughs> yeah, and, and and use it yeah and it also is a bit of a legacy for the family as well so um it's quite nice to have our own tartan for the business but also mm. for for the family as well so so that was, um, we had quite a lot of design choices. I mean, we whittled it down to three and then we kind of put it out to public vote and public opinion, which was nice campaign that we could do. And yeah, so we got phenomenal responses on online um, for our, our choice. And then we had an ultimate winner. So the winner was actually the kind of one we all really liked anyway, you oh, know, brilliant. was yeah. our kind of favorite anyway. So it just cemented that whole decision. Mm. Um, so now it's going into production and we should have it hopefully in the summer so we can start using it in lots of different as- aspects and making new products from it as well. So How exciting. Yeah. So it'd be lovely, lovely to have mm. our own tartan. And what's next for you, Karen? Because I know that you are constantly thinking of what's next? What can we do now? What, what What's going on in that? Oh, I've got a thousand things on my desk. You wouldn't believe. I have samples everywhere and piles of, of project sheets and everything. I've now become a bit of a project manager, which is, I never thought it would be either. So yeah, we're constantly, we constantly get asked to make a lot of things as well. So generally people are looking for things that can't be made, that we can make, you know. Okay. Um, so we are most definitely not of, just for example, we're doing a project at the moment for Essence of Harris, which involves refill. Um, stations and we've made the most magnificent um big glass i don't know what you would call them dispensers we're calling them and they're huge and they're going to be fitted in his stores for people to refill their bottles so obviously there's a, a environmental impact for him with that mm-hmm. and we've, you know, we've created these just purely out of a discussion um and then they're not something you can go out and buy they're something that's been designed with between ourselves and and worked out and now are manufactured and now going into Jamie's stores. So yeah, so things like that happen all the time and and we get asked to do projects for 
you know, specific clients who, who just want something different um, from the norm and, mm. and, and exclusive to them as well. Because we have the manufacturing all here, you know, we can make things, tweak them slightly, have the same product, but we tweak it slightly so it becomes exclusive to that customer. So, mm. um, so it's lovely. We're doing some fantastic angels at the moment, which are about to be launched um, for Isla for limited editions. And so these are going out um, soon, which will be very collectible. In fact, we've already had some of our collectors get in touch to say, can I reserve? And we never let people reserve. It's first come, first serve, because we only do runs of 25 or 50. This one's a run of 50. Right. Um, and that's it. We never repeat it. So these are okay. truly, yeah, so okay. these are truly unique. So, so now we have you know collectors who are sitting waiting on the go live date and then and hopefully they can get their hands on one so yeah so it's quite exciting as well when that happens so and again it cements the whole the product of what we're doing people love and want so um, we just keep doing it well of course scarcity builds desire doesn't it so uh yeah and that is absolutely brilliant just doing a short run of things rather than mass producing it because then it becomes yeah. less valuable and less desirable doesn't it absolutely and then we're also limited with our capacity as well because mm. we have five glass blowers there's only so much you know in terms of volumes that we can make sure. and generally speaking the the our customers like small volume you know mm. um we do do large volume stuff where we have to um, we have our, our glass blowers on, on huge standing orders sometimes, especially coming up to Christmas, you know, because we could have an order in for, say, two and a half thousand baubles. You know, that can't just be done in a week. You know, that's got to be planned weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and, and like yeah. June. So, yeah. So there's all that kind of element of stuff as well as becoming, you know, our capacity is limited and, and, and people, you know, understand that from us as a company. Um, and it's quite nice that and people can also test the water so sometimes yeah. we'll design something that we design it and produce it but they might have to go and get it mass produced elsewhere yes. uh -huh. brilliant and you know one of the questions I always ask my my guests because this is the becoming more significant podcast how are you becoming more significant Karen in other words what impact are you having on the people you work with you live with and how are you kind of creating a ripple effect of impact well i like to think that we're all a team most definitely mm -hmm. all a team we all thrive off each other um you know i learn things from my staff every day as much as they you know learn from me and um i think i'm positive i'm a generally positive person very rarely do you know you know barriers and things like that get me down i kind of work around them and things and i think that in terms of everyone else, that kind of rubs off on everyone else. Um, mm. So obviously I work with my dad um, and we have an understanding of how we work together anyway, but my husband I work with as well, so and live with. And so becoming more significant for me is just being dependable and, and you know, I can show the way kind of thing. So people mm. will go, actually, do you know what? Well, I'll ask Karen and we'll see what we can do. And generally, I'd like to make sure that we can problem solve things and get through it. So mm. that is is probably where I'm significant. Um, and like to think that I'm significant in terms of helping people and, and giving back and making mm. sure that people are learning. Um, we've just taken on some apprentices and 
and even they've said oh my god you know i've only been here three four weeks but i've learned so much <laughs> and yeah and that's really nice so um so it's just about yeah just about being natural and yeah okay. and just yeah and leading i suppose um and how do you keep yourself well and energized and because you know business is never just like that although it sounds like it's pretty much like that but there are ups and downs and challenges and obstacles and all the rest of it how do you keep yourself you know ahead of the curve how do you look after yourself and you know keep yourself fired up so that you can keep everybody else inspired and motivated what's, what's I your yeah i have a rule i don't work weekends if i can help it so right. my weekend is well, it used to be when my children were younger, that was our family time. And so um, I'm very much adverse to, unless I've got an event or I'm yeah. attending something, I tend not to work weekends. And I sleep really well. Um, Brilliant. <laughs> so I tend to get really good sleep. And I think that makes a huge difference to my working day because I'm not tired and I am more positive. And I kind of go, okay, I can cope with this because I'm not tired. Mm. Um I'd like to do more exercise. I play golf, which is great for emptying the head. Yes. Um, um, I probably sh should be a bit fitter than I am, but I do like food. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I generally, I would say getting a lot of sleep. And then mm -hmm. I don't tend to mull over things in the middle of the night and things like that either. So when I have something that, that needs addressed, it gets addressed. I don't tend to mill over things and worry about it. My husband might tell you differently. He might go, mm. no, she <laughs> does. But um, in my my coping is most definitely rested and sleep and, and mm. looking after me as a my own mental health. Mm. So if I have a weekend off where I do nice things like play golf or garden or take the kids somewhere or whatever, then I feel that then... I've worked hard all week and I deserve it. So, yes. um, so kind of that is, and I've always had that rule from the beginning because my kids were quite young when I started the business as well. My mm. son was actually diagnosed with um, type one diabetes. So we had a whole first year of us trading was dealing with it, you know, my son being really ill as well. So, um, so I had to make a, a choice of, you know, was I hope throwing everything time-wise into the business, which you have to do when you're a startup. Yeah. I made a rule that weekends were secret, so mm. and I still have that rule. Brilliant. And, you know, that's when you get recharged and re-energized. And also, you know, you'll probably find this, Karen, when you, when you step back from your business a little bit, you kind of see things with fresh eyes and you come back and suddenly something that was really you know, worrying you or, or it was in the back of your mind, you had to sort out. It just sometimes becomes clear when you take time out rather than constantly being, oh, I've got to sort this out all the time. Yeah. And I'm a listy person. I have lots right. of lists. So I like to tick off my lists and then that's my accomplishment. If my, if my to-do list has only got two things in it, I actually probably start to panic and go, I need more stuff to do. But I do work my way through. You know, I'm quite good, I think, at time management and things. So mm. I do love a list. Love a Brilliant. list. So, yeah. And generally speaking, I don't, you know, I don't do emails or anything like that when I'm not working. So I do kind of switch good. off. We have a... Um, a caravan which we tour with you know we go different places all around scotland and the uk and stuff when we can when you can travel yeah. and generally that is my dead zone 
I have no Wi-Fi, no nothing. And I complete, and my husband always says, you are so chilled out when you're in camera. Yeah, lovely. And we need that digital detox every yeah. now and again. You know, there's no point in going away and then constantly checking your emails and your phone, because even if you're not answering them, your brain is again, it's in that work mode, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's quite important. As, and, and I do have those kind of strict, try and be strict as I can with mm. for mm. me and the time for the business. Brilliant. I love that, Karen. Now, I see that you're a, a, a WES ambassador. So tell us a little mm. bit about what that involves. Yeah, so WES is obviously um, a larger, uh, for female women in business especially, um, so very entrepreneurial. So I was asked, I was invited, I applied to be an ambassador and then I was invited to join them as an ambassador. So yeah, so there is a huge gap in, you know, women-led businesses and um, just, pay, you know, um, the pay gap, etc., mm. and opportunities for women in business. And I'm very much a champion of helping others. And, you know, I've been that, worn the t-shirt, done, been there, yeah. done that, wore the t-shirt kind of thing. And there were so many women in businesses that through my own experiences, I could assist. And yes. I'm very much about if I can help someone else and help them progress, then what I'm doing is, you know, worthwhile as well. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a, a giving back almost. And yeah, so with that, we can, and, and something I'm not a fee with at all is political involvement and policy decisions and things, which I knew nothing about, you know, what didn't interest me really in the slightest, but actually I find it really fascinating now. So, um, so yeah, so Wes has the Women's Business Centre, which is, um, now virtual but hoping to be a real life you know place where women um can go and get help and assistance um knowledge into legalities all that kind of stuff and i just think it's phenomenal that those resources are there for women who possibly are are, you know i think women are more empowered now than they ever were but i think just having the confidence to say well i was in that situation Mm. i had two kids Mm. i you know one of my kids was not well and needed attention all the time, but I still managed to start a business. So having, you know, when someone else has done it and you can see they've done it, it dry, it, you know, it kind of makes you go, okay, I'll try it. And 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 I think there's a huge gap in women-led businesses in, in Scotland as well as the UK. And I think, yeah, I think we're a force for, for good as well in terms of just how we run businesses is completely different from from the way you know male-led businesses are so sure um so so Wes is an opportunity to get involved meet peers and um, learn from them mentoring all that kind of stuff as well so yeah it's, it's fabulous um for scotland um and, and again all these other like um bowie which is the british association of women entrepreneurs they all work together so yes. unlike government <laughs> um you know all these organizations pool their knowledge and, and skills together and it makes for a real um healthy environment for business mm-hmm. and for women wanting to get into business i think so yeah brilliant and then your other hat is this fife whiskey festival yeah so it was born um three four years ago um i was asked to be a judge for scottish field magazine for um their people's choice whiskies so i had to taste 83 whiskies in one day taste not drink oh my and yeah and during that 
time, there was another person called Justine who was there as well, and we met and became friends. And, and we say we became friends over 83 whiskies. Um, and so we decided there was lots of whiskey festivals all over kind of Scotland at the time. And um, we had just noticed that there was quite a lot of new distilleries opening up in Fife or being revived from, you know, existing distilleries. And we said, there's not a Fife Whiskey Festival. And we kind of said, well, we go to Fife quite a lot. Um, Justine was from Fife and teached in Fife at the time. So she then gave up her teaching job and we started the Fife Whiskey Festival, which is an annual festival um, over three days, which brings people to the county, of, you know, the kingdom of Fife. And um, they can yeah, sample whiskies from all, of, all over Scotland, but also um, is predominantly to promote Fife as a whisky region. So so we do that um, and we're now, we had a virtual festival this year. Right. But last year we had our festival the week before lockdown. So, and we have about 600 people that come to it um, from all over, all over Scotland and the world. You know, we've had people from Argentina come to it and- Amazing. And spend the weekend. And again, that we raise a lot of money for charity. So we do it for each concern. And we also, it also feeds back into the economy there. So it brings people for the whole weekend and obviously hotels, bed and breakfasts and all that kind of benefit from it as well. So it's, it's a real destination Amazing. festival, which is lovely. And we just love it. It's, um, so yeah, it's become a bit of a second passion and also a bit made me a bit more significant mm. in terms of mm. my passion for whiskey. So not only have I got a passion for glass, I've got a passion for whiskey and and. and the whiskey industry as well so understanding all that and being more relevant more significant within that market and that industry mm. um having the festivals helped with that as well and how on earth do you taste 83 whiskies and differentiate between them that's yeah. incredible it is incredible and it's extremely it's extremely funny as well um <laughs> so yeah no you're not supposed to, to swallow it you are supposed to do like you're reading a wine tasting and spit mm. it out but yeah, after probably about number 48, you do tend to get a bit of a numb tongue. Okay. And uh, yeah, your tasting notes by then normally start to become a bit extravagant. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So you've obviously, you must have years of experience then with whiskey to be able to taste at that level, because that's pretty outstanding, Karen. Yeah, oh, well, I don't know. The women's palates, I think, is, is a lot more... Um, refined and, and there's loads of women master blenders and, and distillers in the industry which is phenomenal people say there isn't but there is you know okay. masses of women in whiskey and yeah it, I think now um yeah I don't know I don't I wouldn't say I would say Justine's the taster she mm. has I always kind of say she's the one that has all the and she has the historic knowledge as well um, okay. and I tend to have the more but you know I would sell merch before I would sell you know <laughs> I kind of go into that mode and, and start doing all that kind of stuff so yeah. um but we've had some lovely whiskies that we've we've got our own cask as well which we bought together and stuff so we've got you know that to look forward to um and things like that so yeah and I'm a judge on the Scot Scottish Whiskey Awards as well but I'm on the business side so Justine's on the taste side Right. And I'm, I'm on the business side. So, yeah, so that's quite nice as well. So you see lots of entries and, and gives you kind of insight into 
what distilleries are doing and stuff like that. We get first-hand information that mm. you know sometimes you don't get, so it's quite nice. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, you're saying it's quite nice, but I mean, that must be so important for, for you to be so immersed in the industry and to see it from all angles and, yeah. and not only to see it from all angles, to be involved from all angles. Yeah. You know, you have such a, a complete picture of the industry that, you know, it must be brilliant when you're meeting, particularly overseas visitors, you know, being able to give them that full picture of what's happening in Scotland and how the whiskies are produced and how they taste and then all your merchandise as well. I mean, that must give you such confidence when, when talking to people about your, about your topic. Yeah, and also gives me confidence in myself that yeah. I'm not talking a load of rubbish to people. Yes. And I'm not giving them any BS. I'm giving, you know, I've, I've got that experience. I've got that knowledge. I've been to Kentucky and seen you know, the, the barrels being made that then come over to Scotland to be used in the scotch, you know. Um, so all this kind of stuff is just, yeah, it's all learning for me, but I'm hugely passionate about it and love it. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I think that comes obviously across in, in, in what I know about it as well. Um, yes. And sometimes I surprise myself because someone will ask me a question and I'll answer it and they'll go, how do you know that? And I'll go, I actually don't know how I know that. I just do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I do take in a lot of information that probably don't process until it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, one of the key things that you said to me, Karen, was that you sleep really well. And when we sleep really well, then the brain retains a lot more information. And also you can access it better. Whereas when you're trying to survive on, you know, five hours sleep, then that massively impairs your cognitive function. You're not storing those memories. You're not able to access it as well. You're not able to think as clearly. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people think it's a badge of honor. Oh, I can get by on five hours sleep. But so much research has shown that you need between seven and nine hours sleep a night yeah. for your brain to work effectively so that's massive and you know you'll be taking on stuff all the time that you know it's just being logged and it's just being logged and then you can access it when it's needed which yeah. is fabulous and I think it definitely helps to cope I think mm. there's a lot of people that don't get a lot of sleep and can't yeah. cope you know and I'm, I'm definitely a coper Yes. Um, and I say to my kids, you know, you need sleep because you need to be able to be resilient so that mm. you can handle things. And I think, yeah, it, it, gosh, gosh, you know, if I, if I don't have sleep, you know, you know about it. If something happens that I have had an interrupted evening, you know, or night or whatever, and having a type one diabetics and that can happen often. Um, yes. So yeah, so when there is interruptions, then normally, you know, I feel it and I know it, mm. and I go right, okay, I need to recoup somehow, and. and and I'm quite good at doing that. So, mm. yeah, but sleep most definitely helps you cope, I think. Yeah, and, and just makes you feel strong, makes you feel strong and resilient. Karen, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. I absolutely loved our conversation. And, you know, hats off to you. You, you do the jobs of, of two, three women. <laughs> and yet you obviously love it. Your passion just comes through in bucket loads. It's oh. just brilliant so you absolutely deserve all the success that you're having and I'm sure it's just going to keep growing and keep growing because because the passion comes through and the knowledge and everything else comes through and you're giving back and you know what goes around comes around I'm a great believer in that you're giving back and you deserve everything that comes your way so how can people find you Karen if they want to find out more get in touch what what's the method so yeah so our website is angelshareglass.com um, most of our information is on there. You can also 
link in with me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to answer questions, direct messages and things. And people always ask, um, I'm more than happy to answer, um, you know, can you do this or where would I find this and things. So we do get asked a lot of that. Mm. Um, we're on all socials. We've even just joined TikTok, which is phenomenal. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we're right down. So we're on all social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah, TikTok, the whole lot. So if you just search Angel Sear Glass, you will find us. And yeah, the website has a wealth of information. It's got a full bio of my dad as well and and just what he's achieved in his lifetime as well. So it's just quite um, interesting and and as part of of our journey as well. So so yeah, you can find us online, most definitely. Wonderful. And I will put all those uh, links in the show notes so that people can find you there. And Karen, just one last thing. Have you got um, a final insight, uh, quote, or, or just something you'd like to leave with our listeners before we close? I would always say, expect the unexpected. <laughs> because nothing we ever dreamed of has happened. You know, it just happened. And yeah, we've been, luck has paid a big part in it. But yeah, some of the things that have come in we've just went wow so yeah unexpected expect the unexpected is quite a nice quote to end on in business and in an angel share life in general (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today on the becoming more significant podcast and i really hope that you've taken away some practical steps to take right now to help you unlock more of that hidden potential that we are all only scratching the surface of. If you would like to discuss how I might be able to support you in your journey into greater significance, please get in touch. It's calendly.com forward slash Sylvia Baldock for a no obligation free initial coaching call to find out how together we can make sure that the coming weeks and months are your most significant ever. Take care.